Today is Monday, January 18th, and we got a huge episode to recap a big weekend in sports. Bobby H is back with us for another week before Baby H2 comes along. Dad's rocking his Browns gear. Talk about the big game for them and uh, all the other stuff going on in the NFL. It's your usual stuff. We're catching up on college basketball. Rob's got a hot take on Gonzaga. NBA, how does James Harden go from being so fat to two days later being skinny? And then we have a good cap off with a snake draft of the top moments for guys to cry. We really cover it all in this episode. Thanks for joining, everybody. Have a great week. Here we go. Welcome back. Monday, January 18th to the coaches meeting. Mm. We got Jim Schaefer, Robbie Schaefer, and Bobby H is back. He's doing a Howdy. hell of a job this month. You don't, don't even know what that's from, do you? That was no. the beginning of Hee Haw with Minnie Pearl. <laughs> Howdy. And like our stats for the podcast of like when recorders or when listeners stopped listening just went. Yep. This is the first hee haw reference. So thanks for all those who are staying with us. Post we have the Tennessee Schaefers that are listening in. So. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. How the hell is everybody? What's new? Nothing from last week? Dad, shaking your head does nothing for me. Oh, my God. I've been at this, stuck in this room forever, it seems. I can't wait to get my vaccine. You know what? It's getting guys? closer. It's getting closer. I'm playing her today. Uh, my, my daughter busted my lip, so um, uh, I, I think I deserve a round of applause at least. I'm kidding. Uh, no, this morning, Willow like wanted her blue Paw Patrol cup, not her purple one. Fatal oh. error. And she was on my lap, and she just started flailing and just busted me right in the face. And, like, Caitlin, like, Caitlin, like thought I'd, like, like knock a tooth out because it was bad. I mean, it just – it got me good, but I'm I'm fine. That'd be that'd be just what you need. But two days out of the uh, next baby is oh my, I, I have to I, go I, to the ER for stitches. Or or just having a missing tooth and not being able to get it fixed for I don't know two three weeks. Yeah, that would have been devastating. I'm good though. I'm good. And they say yeah. hockey players are tough. Podcasters so are tougher. They're gonna say, do you have a history of abuse at home? <laughs> Those questions might well, might you, be asked. Do you see that tooth no, in the top? Of, do you yeah, see a tooth in the top of that child's head? Yeah. No. I, um, I, I evaded uh, injury. Oh, good. I'm glad you made it. You know, you overcame obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I got nothing new this week other than that, like. You went to the zoo. We did go to the zoo yesterday, which was. To walk around with an infant for 40 minutes was just delightful, and it's nice to get out, but it's weird. No animals without. It was just all the lights, but we uh, tell you what, my wife, Kelsey, you know her. She got uh, me a little cheap, sharper image putting green in the base for the basement work. It's just a cheapo thing, but 
those little putting mats, even she would do it. When we go take the dog out, we just hit a couple putts, and Kelsey was like, it's really soothing and nice and just clear your head. So, Hey, Rob, t- to that, uh, I want to piggyback off that comment. Um, we have like seven coloring books downstairs, and Willow will just, you know, take a crayon and just draw over it. Obviously, it's not in the lines, but like I colored some Paw Patrol dogs. <laughs> it, it, it like, it, as weird as it sounds, it's a little, it's therapeutic. It's a, it's a little soothing. I, I do it for like 10 minutes at a time, and I kind of, you know, it just kind of clears your mind. That metrosexual sites coming out. There, I'm a dad, Jim. Hey, Freud. Hey, hey, Freud. I don't think there's anything psychosexual there, but glad you're taking it there. First hee-haw, <laughs> and now this. Man, we're this is. I'm over-caffeinated. I, I should go back to drinking. That bourbon. brings me to my next question. What's everybody drinking? Dad, you should. This should be your last cup of coffee. Starbucks, oh, number wow. two. Highfalutin. Oh, not not from the store, but from the the coffee maker. I am also drinking a Starbucks coffee house blend. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. We are recording earlier uh, as the Browns game is at three for our listeners. Um, and on the that Browns. note, I'm having a yingling. Um, I've been up since 5 a.m. as Robin. I can attest to that because my phone went ding, ding when you sent the text. I swear. 5 I'm turning only, that off. Only old folks like you, Dad, still keep their ringer on at night. Like We only do it for our children. You're the only one that could get through in case you did something stupid. Oh, no. We're well past that. Anyways, I got – I'll take some – we'll see some pictures for the Italian beef that's in the, in, the, in the oven right now. I'm low for nine hours. Ready for game time. Hoping for a big Browns win. What are, what are you guys doing for the game? What are you eating? What are you drinking? What are you thinking? I will go first. Uh, I will be watching at home, obviously. Um, uh, we're getting ready for the baby, so like it's we're kind of in Adam Gase hyperdrive right now, where we're just cleaning the house and getting the stuff ready, and it's been it's kind of a Operation whirlwind. Warp Speed. R.I.P. Yeah, so I won't be eating anything fun. I won't be, you know, no like buffalo chicken dip. Um, I might run to Skyline, but uh, other than that, no. Um, in terms of my prediction for the game, I don't really have one. The Browns are playing with house money, which can be dangerous. Um, you know, Andy Reid's coming off a bye. I think I read that somewhere he's like nine and three in those situations. Maybe that's against the spread. But um, oh, Kansas City should be ready. But the Browns are playing with house money, and they're coming off an emotional victory. So who knows? That could be they, they could fall flat on their face. They might be able to score twenty-eight. We'll see. Jim, what do you think? Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Whoever wins the turnover battle will win the game. The the Chiefs are really one in seven against the spread, although they. They've won those games over their last seven games. Um, I don't know. The Browns are healthy to an extent. Uh, they're getting their all-pro um, tackle back, and they, their co- cornerbacks are coming back. I don't know. Mahomes is such a talent, and the receivers are just flat-out lightning quick. And Kelsey's a hell of a tight end. So I don't know. Everything I hear is the Browns need to dink, dink, dink down the field, control the clock, and keep Mahomes off the field and be opportunistic on offense. But you never know. Gripe, it could snow. You just never know. Can we rewind to last Sunday? What, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? Like, were uh, you – I mean, you must have been extremely nervous in the third quarter when Pittsburgh started calling oh, back. If you're a Browns fan, you're, you're, you're completely nervous every fourth quarter. Yeah. Ir- irrational exuberance in the first quarter, though. Um 
that was that's, just... that's a term from the Fed, Rob. And <laughs> oh. anyway, anyway, I couldn't believe that, that guy snapped it over his head. And then we all went. I was telling Robbie when you were off, I, and wa- I watched the games, and I'm on a uh, a text chain with guys around the country that I went to college with. We were all John Carroll's D3 football, so the Browns were really our big time football team. And so we did, you know, we would watch the Browns almost every Sunday sitting around. Sure. And it's been a long while. So I, I think I, I've made mention of this before, but um, a lot of my friends are Browns fans. The, the, the ones that are from, you know, Northeast Ohio, Canton, Akron, and then the ones from Columbus. And my, my one buddy, uh, Anthony, would, you know, he texted, like, we've got a, a chain like you, Jim, and he texted me separately. He's like, I, he's like, Rob, I'm crying right now. He's like, he's <laughs> like, I'm weeping. Like, I, like, I, I, you know. He's 34 years old. The Browns left in 94. They came back in, what, 99? And it's been futility since. So, you know, good for Cleveland, I think. They had two um, good years. They made the playoffs yeah. one year, and they may, failed one year. They were 10 and 6, but that's yeah, it. That was, that was our senior year at, at, in college. Um, yeah, no, good good for Cleveland. I, I'm happy for all Browns fans, even as a fake Cincinnati Bengals fan. It's, it's, it's just it's good to, you know, it's good to see them have some success. You know, it's it, wild. It, 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 it's 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 overdue, and 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 they deserve it. I well, I tell you, I tell you what is not. It is so big for the city. Sorry, Robbie. The last Browns game I went to in person was back about five years ago, and the Browns uh, beat the Bengals on the same day that the Indians clinched uh, uh, the American League, the, the Central. And it was 75 degrees in downtown Cleveland. It was September, late September. And, oh, my God, that city was berserk. I mean, we met at 11 a.m. for brunch and beers and then went to the game. Then we walked out. We went down East 6th Street. And everybody screaming as we went and watched the end of the Indians game. And it was crazy. I just said, I've never seen a city like this. And I've been there quite a bit. And it was it was nuts. Not since... You know, the early 80s with Brian Sype was another time. And then Bernie Kosar got him into the uh, AFC Championship game in the 80s, late 80s. I, I think those experiences, like having just a little taste of that with the Reds being in the playoffs, like that type of stuff makes, you know, I think forever cements that I'll want to live in a professional sports town. Or within two-hour drive. With Yeah, I you know, growing up in Toledo, the Mud Hens were great, but like <clears> – <throat> I don't think there's anything that can really replace like the buzz in a city like that is in the playoffs. I can't even imagine like Super Bowl, World Series, you know, you name it. Like you see those parades, it would be so awesome to be a part of that. So I grew up in St. Louis, and um, I am, and it's we. I don't. I won't get into it. I'm not a big Cardinals fan. Actually, I'm not a Cardinals fan at all, and I'm not a Rams fan. But when they won in 99, it was awesome. I mean, it was, I remember my sister got off school the next day and the parade was, 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 you know, like Rob's, like Rob, you said it, it there's a buzz and, you know, the Cardinals won in 06 against the, against the Tigers. Sorry to bring that up, but God, that was a throttling. Uh, yeah, that was, it was a sweep if I'm not mistaken, but I still um, like 68 better. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's awesome. Like, like I, there's nothing that I want more than a Cincinnati Reds run like you know just win one series win the win the wild card series like because like the the um it's like it's crazy because you think about it in like the pro sports town like that being so close to working downtown it's like 
not only is it exciting to watch, but like works better because everybody at work is like all excited and ramped up about it. Yeah. Shit, with your neighbors and stuff, you see somebody on the street, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're talking about as like being in a, being in a competitive professional sports town, like competing in the playoffs is just unreal. So that and is, it, uh, and it can be depressing too. If Kansas city just kicks a shit out of the yeah, Browns today. So yeah. what I was going to say on, on my take of, I was looking at some stuff on Kansas City, and you know, the worst thing I did was I comparing the Browns' schedule to the Chiefs because I was looking at their schedule and I was feeling really good that they've only won by one score against some pretty mediocre teams over the last uh, seven or eight weeks. So I was like, oh, you know, that's good for the Browns. Like it's only one score games. Like da da da. And then I looked at the Browns' schedule and I was like, we were just talking before the call. Outside of Pittsburgh last week, which great win, so anything can really happen. If you're just comparing scores, I was like, the Browns have their records built on beating like some shit teams or just yeah. teams that weren't good this year. I mean, they had a good win over the Colts, good yeah. win over the Steelers, Tennessee on the road. In, in Tennessee, Tennessee, they killed them in the first half and then held on by. I mean, the score just kind of like the the Steelers game. So yeah, they need to just have enough. But like outside of that, I mean, they beat. Giants, Jaguars, Texans, you know, lost to the Raiders, beat the Bengals twice. So, anyways, that makes me nervous. I'm hoping they're competitive and look good. Maybe this goes – I'm worried that there's too much confidence this week. Of I feel like there's all these stats that are coming out on why people are like, oh, the Browns should do this. And I was like, I'd rather them going in with low expectations and hopefully can only beat those. So, we'll see. So then the evening game, the battle of Father Time versus Benjamin Button. Um, <laughs> That's good. Who who do you yeah. like? Is the Brady factor? Kelsey even asked me. We're having some just spousal sports talk. She goes, does Tom Brady still have that kind of magic feel around him? And I was like, I, I, I think it was I gone know. to start the year. Now everybody's got Tom's secret stuff. What do you think? I'm thinking Arians is finally letting uh... – his offensive coordinator and Brady figure out the game plan. You know, you don't see any shirts down there in Tampa Bay where they like have a hashtag Arians Nation. No. <laughs> no. By the way, these two quarterbacks are playing past their bedtime, so I don't know how they'll perform that late. That's the other thing. There's no way Tom Brady and Drew Brees like stay up till eleven o'clock at night. No, I, I it's I think it's well documented that Tom Brady goes to bed at like eight thirty or nine. And yeah, but he goes to bed with a supermodel. Sure. I, that, but at the, but at the same time though, to, to your point, you know, his, his body clock's going to be messed up. It's not a one o'clock game. It's at six 30 or something like that. Um, I, I, this game's, this game's interesting, right? We, we've got two hall of fame quarterbacks that are in the twilight of their careers. Maybe not Brady, but Breeze probably. Um, and Tampa Bay's offense is unreal. The other storyline here is that the Saints crushed the the Buccaneers twice, once on the road, once at home. So it's their third matchup. They're divisional rivals. They know each other well. Um, I hope it's a good game. I am kind of leading. I'm kind of leading towards Tampa Bay because I think, you know, Brady just has that it factor. He just wants to win. He'll do any. Yeah. He'll do anything, and it's infectious. Um, and um, yeah, that's 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 my opinion. That's my take. I, mean, I the don't. Saints are gonna kill him. I don't think the Saints are gonna 
win by more than any of their last two games. Um, I just think love large numbers of your third game. I don't think they're going to take a base and get the doors blown off. I think it's going to be a close game. It going to come down to the last possession, but I like, I like Brady and the weapons they have. I mean, Alvin Kamara though, for the saints is like unreal. Yep. His ability to just make, make plays out of nothing. Defense is great, but I do like – I mean, Tampa Bay's just got weapons all over the field. It, it's going to be a great game, and I'm so glad it's not like an 8.30 game and I can actually like watch it at 6. But oh, for Tom man. Brady, it's still too late. How about that um, That's that of like all the AFC quarterbacks remaining or like – I think Baker Mayfield's actually the oldest. Um, He's the same least, age as Mahomes. They okay, say. they're 25 or 26. And on the other side, you know, you had – 43, 42, Rodgers is 37. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Goff, Goff is 25, 26 or something like that. But yeah, that's, I mean, we're at the, the, the passing of the torch from, you know, you had last year was Eli Manning retiring. You got Phillip Rivers, who knows, Breeze, Brady, all these guys that have been institutions. And now it's like, who are the next institutions? Is it these guys well, that are they, in the AFC? Think of the guys who were in the same draft class and where they were drafted. And 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 there's two classes. There's Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers. Rivers were all in the same draft. And then uh, Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. And there were three guys in the playoffs that were in that same draft. Who's the other one? Um, maybe it was Goff. No, Goff was. No, it was Trubinsky. Trubisky, yeah, right. Mahomes, Goff, or yeah, yeah. Goff was a different draft. Um, yeah. he was number one, he was number one overall. No, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a wild next one. Year. I think. Yeah. But what's interesting, outside of Brady, like I think if you're gonna build a franchise, like you look at these teams, all the quarterbacks are all first round draft picks. So while you can get value out of running backs in Second, third Jackson, round. Lamar Jackson wasn't. He was uh, the he, he was the thirtieth pick in the in the first round. I'm pretty sure. Oh, who am I thinking of that was in the third round? Oh, the guy at Texans. Russell Wilson was in the third round. He was middle. He was middle of third round. If that's what you're thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of the guy from the Texans. Um, Watson. He was number Watson. two overall or something like that. That Isn't sounds it? right. It sounds right. Yeah, out of Clemson, he was a yeah. high school state champion, national champion. Man, so that's a good point. Deshaun Watson, have you been seeing this stuff this week that like it's it's I wouldn't say hostile, but they're just like not really talking all that much down in Houston about what their future is going to be. Which if you're him and you've seen the decisions that the front office has made, it's like. I mean, they could back up the Brinks truck for you, but the cupboard's so bare and they are way over the cap like. Wouldn't you want to get a fresh start somewhere else if you're him? If he's about winning, which he proclaims to be. I mean, like we said, high school state champion, national champion. What do you think? The problems didn't start until the ownership said they wanted to consult with him, and then he found out about the coach. Uh, they did They did ask his opinion, but they didn't didn't discuss it. Yeah, but last year they traded away they traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins argu- yeah, arguably the top a top three receiver yeah, for, but, a, but, for a shitty draft pick. Yeah, but 
but what's his yeah, name? Yeah, but the what? Qu- the quarterback <laughs> didn't object then. He's oh, no, he player. sure as hell did. He took to Twitter and was like, he what said the they hell took a, happened? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a 2. He said, now I'm a 10. 2 went to a 10, yeah. I don't know. Did Deshaun Watson, you know, even though their record didn't indicate that, didn't he have a really, really good season? Like, yeah, he balled he balled out with like nobody. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it it seems like the tension there is palpable. I mean, you have JJ Watt, week sixteen or seventeen, you know, going on a rant about how you know basically apologizing to the fans, and he apologized to to Watson at the end of the at, at the end of their week seventeen game. Yeah, um, yeah, I, another year. yeah, I mean, like quarterbacks are lasting longer than, than they used to. I think we've, we've discussed this on this, on this episode, but yeah, if you're Deshaun Watson and you, and you have that pedigree, maybe it does make sense to, to move elsewhere, especially if, if tensions are running high and if, if he, you know, if he's making it all but known that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Trade him, get rid of him. Um, it's uh, it's that that would be very frustrating if you know to be a, to to be you know an elite quarterback and stink, or at least your team stinks, you know. Yeah. They gave Bill O'Brien way too much leash when he was still there. Trade him for Carson Wentz and two number ones from Philly. You gotta pay Carson Wentz though. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't have to pay uh, Deshaun Watson now. So you'd pay someone. The same or more money, just who's a shittier player? As long as they got those draft picks. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. If... Both situations are terrible. Right yeah, now. I'd like to see Deshaun Watson will go somewhere and do really well. I mean, he makes lemons, or what is it? I don't know. Lemonade out of lemons. He can make a Tesla out of a lemon tree. <laughs> um, so no surprise, Irvin Myers going to Jacksonville. It looks like he's built. He's gonna. He secured Show the bag. Show me the money. He secured the bag. Oh my yeah. god. Twelve million a year. Did I see that? Yeah. That's bananas. Um. Yeah. It's it's funny. I mean, it's, I, I, it's we all all a lot of freaking bananas, is what it is. We all knew this was coming, right? I mean, Urban Meyer retires from Ohio State, and he goes in the booth, or I guess maybe not the booth, but on um, you know, on Fox Sports set, and um. It was inevitable. I would have thought that he would have stayed stayed in in the college ranks, um, USC, Notre Dame, maybe. Once Brian Kelly hangs it up, um, yeah, he's got it's a wild nine move. cyst in his brain, though, that's causing massive headaches on the sideline when it's stress. I completely forgot about that piece. Um, that's why. I mean, that's you saw him on the sidelines at Ohio State. He was on his knees since I remember the that. end of some games at the end of the season. Well. Yeah, I, that's what, such a mystery on that one. Where I think the pro football season, I feel like it's a you sleep four hours a night, if that, and it's at the facility as a coach. Like you're basically living in a studio apartment at the facility as a coach for what the better part of four months. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the stress gets better, but I don't think you know, he it, will. He's got. I do think it's interesting that I think they're going to build in some buffers for him to basically like try to avoid, avoid the health issues and it'll give him some slack and maybe he'll empower and delegate to coordinators even more. And it could, it could change how coaches, you know, how it's done in the league, but it could also flop. Yeah. $12 million uh, is a nice biweekly paycheck. 
Yeah, that's 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 a pretty strong paycheck. Remember when Urban Meyer? Remember when his daughter, who was probably like nineteen or twenty at the time, made him sign the press? Like there was a he won't work more than twelve hours a day. I mean, that's going out the window. I mean, like you just said, Rob. I mean, it's a to, to say it's a full time job is an understatement. It's two and a half full time jobs. Like like you don't see your family. All you do is work. You grind film. You do meetings. You practice, and then you're traveling. It's it's you don't it's have a lot. to recruit. You don't have to recruit. You're right. That 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 is, you know, an added benefit, perhaps, you know, potentially. You can watch the film at home. Mm-hmm. So, wild move. Um, I have no rooting interest in the Jaguars, but um, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully it works out. Yeah, it seems like it'll be a good situation. I'm, I don't know. He's now you, you switch from the coffee to something else, huh? I'm drinking water. Oh. The water. Uh, also Urban Meyer is probably like a top ten all time football name. In my humble opinion, it just rolls right off the tongue. It does. Speaking he's of Ohio guy, right? Toledo born. Oh, yep. is that right? But then he lived in Nashville. You know, Rob, you know where that is. You can point it out on a map, like the Absolutely. back of your hand. He, he and Jim Harbaugh were born in the same hospital within weeks of each other. No kidding. In Toledo, Ohio. Wow. Harbaugh's that. dad was an assistant coach at Bowling Green, I think. Yeah, talk about nut jobs. Um, college basketball, the crazies. We've had a, a big week. Gonzaga continues their role. Toledo's in some ranking, Dad. You want to talk about? But uh, well, uh, first, Rob's been sitting on. He's been squatting on a hot take. So I'm gonna it's, hand it it's over. It's not. It's not necessarily a hot take. It's just I, I I did some research last week and we didn't get to it. But I just wanted to talk about Gonzaga and just how good they are. Um. So they're they're thirteen and zero. They're six six and one against the spread, which is not that good to be honest. However, they're they're three and one against like their marquee matchups or their marquee games, which was Iowa, West Virginia, uh, Auburn, and Kansas. Three and one against the spread in those in those games. But guys, they're av- the average spread is twenty point nine points a game. I get that they play in the West Coast Conference, but. And they're they're beating the likes of the San Francisco Dons and 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 um, the St. Mary's Gales, the, the Gales who they beat last night. But like like yeah. they're averaging 94 points a game. That's that is that's staggering in college basketball, in my opinion. That's staggering. That's a, that's a, that, that's they've got four guys that average more than 12 and a half points. Like they're just they're a wagon. I said this on my first episode. They're they're really really good. Potentially historically good. Yeah, it is interesting of how much it appears Gonzaga and Baylor right now are they they're lead dogs out there by a, a good margin. I don't know what happened to Michigan. All they're missing one player last night. They lost their first game of the season last night. Yeah, they got how and they got they got hammered by a Minnesota team that they'd hammered two weeks ago. So I don't understand a Big Ten. And Ohio yeah. State built Illinois, who was ranked 11th, and Ohio State was ranked like 19th or something. I think that's what makes the the Big Ten fun, though. I mean, like it's 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 impossible to run the table. Everyone's good. The competition's stiff, and you know, at the end of the season, you know, come to the you know the conference tournament, you're gonna have a lot of teams with like probably four to seven losses. That's just the way it goes. I want to make just a general comment about college basketball, and and it's. It's just my general frustration with it. I can't get into it this year, and I and, and I attribute that to the to the pandemic and the coronavirus. Like, 
like games are getting postponed. There's no crowds. I, I just, I have not consumed as much college basketball as I normally would. And it's kind of sad. I think college basketball relies heavily on the atmosphere in the arenas that comes through in the TV. I mean, college sports in America, it's like such a unique thing that is, I don't think you find it anywhere else as far as how I think fans are way more invested and like fanatical over mm-hmm. college sports than they are and or uh, professional sports. For sure. I and, and I, I, I think, you know, I think subconsciously that's, that maybe is my, 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 my problem is, you know, like there's not 15,000 fans or 12, whatever the arena size is. It's just, it's, you know, the, the, the fans are rabid, they're wild, they're raucous. And it's, you know, when you don't have that environment, I just, maybe it just takes away from the game, but I don't know. And, and may, I, I think I'm a little busy, busier personally now than I was say two years ago, but uh, I just have not consumed as much college basketball. I, I, I'm having trouble getting into it. it sucks. Bill Walton is still Bill Walton. Dickie V I, I, is I, still Dickie V. Of course, those guys are both. <laughs> Dickie V doesn't get the the number one. He's not getting Duke, North Carolina that much anymore. No. They they take him off, which is fine. Bill Walton no, is Bill Walton is a space cadet. He's a freaking nut. He had Arizona and UCLA the other day. Oh my god. It's so funny because when he first started calling games, or I mean, maybe he's been calling games a long time, and I just didn't realize it. But he was calling it with um, Tom Tolbert. No, not Tom. Do you remember Tolbert, Bill Walton, they, Tom Tolbert on NBA primetime when NBA used to be on NBC like late nineties or early two thousands? I loved it because those two, Tom Tolbert, I think does regional coverage somewhere, not super well known, but like those two would just go at it and he would call. But it was at a time where I think they were trying to establish their announcing careers. Sure. And like Tom Tolbert, former NBA player, and he would just call Bill Walton out on all his shit, but. That's an aside. <laughs> no, Sorry. What, what, I, what I was going to say is like it, it was Dan Schulman, Dan Schul, or not Dan Schulman, Dave Pash. Dave Pash was calling games, uh, you know, mostly Pac-12 games with uh, Bill Walton. And you could just tell on the broadcast that he was annoyed, but he eventually just kind of started to roll with it. And he still does because, you know, Bill Walton is just such a clown and he's so out there. But it's endearing in ways. It's a little obnoxious because like, like sometimes he kind of tries too hard. But, um, yeah, he is something else. He may have been the best college basketball player ever. Wow. You know? All right, NBA. Odd thing in the world of fat James Harden shows up at, in Brooklyn and two days later looks to be 40 pounds lighter. Was he wearing a fat suit in Houston to get out of there? He <sighs> almost got a quadruple. He had nine turnovers. Like, <laughs> so the color black is slimming, but, like, the, the, the difference <laughs> be- between – the the blue warmups he was wearing and then the black ones in Brooklyn it's just it's insane how 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 you can't lose weight that fast it's absurd but like was to he, wear a fat suit like what an absurd move if that's actually true I don't think I, it is I, I, I what are you guys talking about he looked fat for Houston yeah I'll yes, send it, I'll Jim, send you a picture over while we're talking about it Jim, but he looks, he looks huge he looks huge. And then when he gets to Brooklyn, it's like he's, you know, J- James Harden is kind of chubby. Let's let's be honest for for an he NBA. He could player. shave and lose five. He's pounds. a thick guy. Yeah, he is for sure. But no, Jim, what, t- you, you, you'll get a you'll get a uh, you won't believe the picture. It's crazy. Um, the one thing that I look at is 
like what a brilliant move if like for him to wait basically i think it's inception for him to get out of houston granted he did oh he's go. got a he's got a sweatsuit on underneath him that red one yeah, maybe but oh, ult- yeah. ultimately um in two days he showed up looking trim and i go that's just hilarious and uh if he made Houston think he was fat just so he could get out of there. But the Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn Nets are a force. And if Kyrie shows up, it'll I mean, be a head show. But the thing is, is how high of usage rates those guys have that are like, they're so ball dominant, which is like, ball, ball dominant is just the 2021 way to say ball hog, but chuckers, they're, they're chuckers. I mean, they make a lot, so I'll give them that. But why, it's interesting. Why is Kyrie Irving? Why? Why? Uh, what's the reason for his absence? Anybody figured that out yet? I don't know. Don't. It's like don't know, don't care. If you're managing over there, it'd be like, all right, we listen to you. Just show up whenever the hell you're ready, because you're gonna lose four hundred grand every game you don't show up for. Uh, but the other thing is, it's interesting. Of like, as heard on another podcast recently, of. Kevin Durant is like the most selfless teammate on that on that team. Like he's the one that's more put. I was like, they're all selfish teammates generally, and they're all together. But he has played with Harden in the past, and they made it to a conference. Or no, they I think they might have made it to the finals. When they were in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and then OKC just in the cover of night for no reason at all traded Harden away. Like so dumb. That's the dumbest. That's got to be the dumbest GM move in the last twenty years. Oh, oh, I don't know. For basketball? Yes. But you James can... Harden in OKC wasn't the James Harden he was of late, right? I mean, like, he was really good. He came up the He was the, the sixth man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was he was came up the bench, but... He'd only been there for, like, two, maybe three years. I think you could then... maybe make... Like, you could maybe make that argument, Rob, like, just depending on, like, what they got for trading him away. I mean, obviously, they traded away a, a, a an elite player... And he's exploded, but did they? I mean, like, did they get anything for him in OKC? Do we know? Um, well, sure. I don't know. I'd have to do a deep dive here. I don't know if I have the, the time at the moment. Um, no worries. Oh, oh, the Thunder got Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, and two first round picks and a second round pick. Mm, so there were other people in there, but I don't think you could get it. Who they got in the picks? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to, I haven't done the research on it. But the NBA's done a good job managing with COVID for as long as it has. But it seems like it's really – this last week was a bad week for the NBA as far as how many teams got it and games having to get postponed. Like Somebody picked up a player so they could have eight right before the game last night. Oh, it was. It, it's ridiculous. Dad, the I, newspaper is real loud. Sorry about that. I, I think it, it's going to be like college basketball to an extent, guys. I mean, like all these te- like with these guys traveling around and you know doing the, they they have lives. I mean, they see their families and do stuff. I get it, but like it's it it, it will be an issue in, into the spring. It, it just will be. It's it, it's it's completely utterly inevitable that games are going to get postponed, and that you know it's going to disrupt the season. It was the Rockets last night. Mm. I, I got one for you. 
how the hell did the Pistons blow out Miami in Miami yesterday? 20 points. And the Pistons are like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. They've rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt. They've got um, some good younger players that you never heard of, but they're hot and cold. I feel like Blake Griffin's career is just getting squandered out there, but what are you going to do? I can't believe the Pistons start Wayne Ellington, or at least they did a, that night. I mean, I forgot about that guy. He was awesome. Ten great college years ago. player. He was awesome. He was he was the I think he was the the player of that tournament when they won in 09. Um, Who? Wayne, Wayne Ellington. Ellington. What team? North Carolina. North Carolina. Mm, right. I, I don't know if they're going to change. They did some changes apparently in the NBA of if you're visiting, if you're on the road, you like can't go anywhere other than your hotel, I think. And then you also, if you're home, you can't leave your house. It's, it's like a really weird all honor system type thing, but we'll see. I just don't want to see sports get shut down again. That was the worst. That was so terrible. I mean, no. I, the attack the attack on the Capitol was the worst. <laughs> you, yeah. Birds of a different feather, but um, oh. yes. No All I'm saying is up. the NBA players are going to revolt at some point, and they probably are, and you don't even know it. Well, their revolt, I think it would be more – we'll not get into that. Well, ask Kevin. They're probably bringing in the, the concubines again. Nope, nope, not touching that. I'll. Um, all right, well, the national championship happened in college football, and Bama throttled OSU. Did you have much takeaways from that game other than how freaking good is Devontae Smith? He was awesome. Um, it, I, I didn't really watch the second half, guys. I just had my nose in, in my phone because the game was over. I mean, OSU, they, they hung in early, right? Wasn't it like 14-14? And, you know, the, the running back, forgive me for forgetting his okay. name, who was awesome. Sermon. Yes, thank you. You know, he, he, le- he left with an injury, and that, that, that was impactful for Ohio State. But, yeah, OSU or um, Alabama's good. Uh, they are elite. And um, Nick Saban's a robot. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask you this, because I, I can't, you know, I, I wasn't a football coach, but Alabama would run their receiver – in motion and back and in the red zone and Ohio state's corner would follow him, but he would, he would fi- he'd go behind the linebackers to follow him. So the corners in the end zone and, and Smith, you know, it's a six yard line. He just turns, catch the ball and waltzes right in. Cause the corner corner will tackle him. He'll tackle him in the end zone, but he'll tackle him. Well, go, have- what in the hell you got to get up on him or you got to switch. Yeah, I think that's a a tough one where I think on those matchups, and obviously none of us here have ever played in in a cornerback role, but I think you give give space. You you give space to kind of adjust or give yourself time to adjust. You can't do it in the red zone. But if you get close, his footwork's so good, he beats people off the line. Aaron Rodgers did that last night. You know, one-yard line, the, the receiver came in, out, out to the right, and he hit him right at the goal line. Boom. I mean, caught I mean, the ball. Boom. So much of those plays are – I think football is so calculated and studied and designed at every level. Like, they they knew 
how those cornerbacks are going to react in that situation. And it's like maybe pre-snap, if they put them in motion, they see the cornerback moving behind the linebackers because there's no way he's going to get in front of linebackers or even get up on it. Well, You're not going to jam one the line if you don't have four linebackers. You're playing a four-four. Yeah, it was a weird one. And they, I mean, the one cornerback for OSU said he wanted Devonte Smith, and he got him. Yeah. So second year in a row, obviously biased opinion here. Notre Dame lost in the semifinal to the eventual champion by less than the second place team. Apples the oranges, but I'm just stating fact. Okay, then they get a participation price. A, a friend of mine put it best. He said, tr- you know, trying to outscore Alabama is a bad strategy. And, and what Notre Dame did is they, they you know, they kind of played dink and dunk on offense and kept the clock running and kept Alabama off the field. Um, they, they, they obviously turned out on the losing end. But, um, you know, they, like Alabama only scored 31 on Notre Dame. Alabama scored 52 on Ohio State. Alabama scored – 52 on Florida and it's SEC championship. They scored 52 against Arkansas. Like they, they, you know, Notre Dame strategy worked to an extent, <laughs> but yeah, it's a little depressing seeing those storylines that, you know, Notre Dame gets you blown out by the eventual champion. You can't coach speed. And the SEC is loaded with speed. I mean, when they showed the lineup of uh, the average size and weight of the Alabama offensive line against, the line for OSU, which I know you have speed there, but it was like on average, it was like a 55 pound difference. And I was like, Holy shit. Like you're going to control granted. I, I respect Najee Harris's uh, press conference after the game. And they're like, Oh, it was so easy for you. He's like, he did say he's like, OSU beat the hell out of me. I mean, I had to bust my ass off to get yards and score, but I thought that was classy and I don't know, a, a good candid feedback from him. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, as we've been watching a lot of sports, there's been a plethora of Geico commercials, which I just want to give a comment that like Geico commercials are on the hottest streak dating back like 15 to 20 years. And what about flow? Their flow is flow does jack shit for me. What about Baker Mayfield? Those are good commercials, but Geico, think about it. So easy a caveman can do it. Uh, Rob, I can't remember when this was, but within the last 18 months, Geico was running their like all time hits back on TV. Do you remember this? And that's free, like zero production costs, really. Exactly. Just run it back. Like, it's just so – their marketing, whether it's in-house or external, like, hats off to them. Because their new stuff that's like, oh, we have an ant problem, and their ants go into the fridge, expired, expired. Yeah. And you remember <laughs> – like, that commercial specifically annoys me, but, like, it, it works because I remember it. You hear um, it, and you're like, oh, it's Geico. Is Geico or is it Progressive, the one that does that, uh, you, you know, we, can, we, we can't prevent you from turning into your parents or whatever? Yes, Geico. God, and it's so good. I mean, like that one spoke to me. Oh, and they run that, and they run it simultaneously with an alternate campaign. Oh, yeah. Pat, there's the Pat, one that's like the puns with like the ant problem, and yeah. there's the don't turn in your parents. And they Claudia. like they how they run two separate campaigns at the same time. It is wild. It's well, it used to be the car companies and the beer companies spent all the money on football advertising, and it's now clearly insurance companies. 
and mainly Geico. And my my good son Pat, who listens to this show, who who uh, never mind. But he sent me a line saying, "See, <laughs> Dad, heard. the waiters don't need to know your name." Guy said. You're believing a discount insurance company? The waiters want to know my name. I give them autographs. I sign the menus. I mean, guys, my dad is – so my dad's 65. He's my father. I love him dearly. But my God, like when I go out to dinner with him, like I have to mentally prepare like Dave Pash does before calling games with Bill Walton because he's like <laughs> – That's a great he's callback. Like, he's like, hey, Kurt, my name's Bob. And then just like the like, it's just like it it just it it gives me secondhand embarrassment and anxiety. Uh, I can when we go out, it's you know, hi, I'm I'm Joe. I'll be your waiter. Hi, Joe. I'm Jim. This is Rob. This is Pat. This is you know, the dad just introduces the whole table, and then he goes, oh, did you know my son was a waiter for one summer? Yeah, he gives him like a short biography. And I was like, as if I'm like some, you know, expert. I'm proud of my family. You're very proud. It's great. And I always appreciate it. I laugh because it's just great fun. Yeah. Well, that way they'll feel bad if they spit on your food or anything. Yeah. Well, never thought of it that way. uh, I forgot what I was watching where I thought of this. But the snake draft, two-round snake draft, the the top (laughs) – Top moments that it's for men to cry. I want to go. We'll go. Uh, we'll we'll go. Rob. Rob me dad. Dad me Rob. Perfect. I've got a good one. Um, like the YouTube videos where a veteran comes home and surprises like their wife or their mom or their children. Those are awesome. Um. And I wouldn't say like I'm not a big crier. I mean, do do I get emotional? Absolutely. Um, but I remember what like ESPN had one. It was probably about eight years ago now, but they had like a medley, and it was to that Daughtry song, "I'm Coming Home," which Daughtry sucks, but um, it, it just it, it just pulled it pulled the heartstrings, you know. I mean, and, and like and and, the, and those th- those videos haven't gone away. So the, those those ones, I mean, they they're get, still coming and, home. Yeah, absolutely. Those get me every single time. Oh, that is top-notch stuff. Mine is my first pick will be thinking about your dog dying or seeing something with someone's dog. And my example. Wait, wait is, a second. Are we talking about videos to make you cry or anything that'll make you cry? Anything for anything. guys. Top for for moments for men crying. And for me. Uh, at Mad Tree, probably two years ago, when this couple was there with the dog, that was a big mastiff. That's like legs weren't working that well. It literally they like, wheeled it in on a wagon, laid it down on a blanket, and when I went to order a drink, I went over and I was like, "Oh, it's just like maybe it's like, you know, the bones, the dog, or whatever, his last ride." And they're taking him out to the brewery he always loved, and turns out the dog was fine. His like back hips just didn't work. But I started talking to them, and I was like, "This is so great." And they're like. Yeah, he's lived a great life. It's this and that. And then, like, I started crying at the bar as the owner started crying. And Kelsey was like – and I wasn't even that hammered. And Kelsey, like, walked over and goes, you need to remove yourself from the situation. So, God, like – That is that is so, so I, like, went back to the table, like, laughing but crying that I was like, what the hell just happened? This is fitting for me because just this week, Caitlin noticed that my dog, Sydney – I've got a uh, miniature Australian Labradoodle. Name Sydney. She's eight. 
and Caitlin just noticed that she's getting gray, like around her beard. And she like, she didn't get like, she didn't cry. She didn't get emotional, but she kind of like, kind of did like a pout face. And I was like, yeah, you know, she's eight, but she's still spry and she still has a lot of energy. I hope, hopefully she, we've got another eight years, you know, left with her. But yeah, I, I, I can totally relate to this because it's hard. You know, dogs don't live long lives, unfortunately. Some dogs live, you know, 10 years. Some dogs live, if you're lucky, 15, 17 years. But yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Dad? Well, God. You how get many, two picks in a row. Limited to? You get two picks in a row. Um, well, one is I was both on hand for both the death of my dad and the death of my father-in-law. And, uh, I mean, their final breaths. And uh, uh, I cried at both of those. Uh, but it was a relief. They both they both were in pain. And, um, you know, anything involved in the family. See, you know, when I was diagnosed with cancer 18 years ago, you know, I kind of, I tell people, I've been negotiating with God ever since. You know, I, I've kind of, I've kind of, I don't want to say beat the house because the house is pretty powerful. And uh, so, but I mean, if I go way back, all right, here's my second one, Rob. The second one was like, you know, I had busy season when I was the CPA working. This is back, well, probably 29 years ago or so. I came home and uh, Debbie had told me about Robbie's diagnosis. And I, I came home and he's in these metal braces that pointed his feet out and, uh, I just looked at him crawling on the floor, and I thought, oh, my God, he's going to be a cripple his whole life. And I started crying. Didn't bother Robbie at all. None of that ever bothered Robbie. <laughs> I mean, he was always hopping around the house with his braces and his feet tied together. And A regular Forrest Gump before Forrest Gump was a thing. That's right. I mean, Robbie would keep us all smiling. Forrest so. Gump, great nonfiction movie. Mm-hmm. All factual. Um, but initially, well, I just – there's another – I went out to California for the first time after Pat had moved out there and we had dinner. We, we went out on a golf outing with a bunch of guys and Pat came down and joined us and I just, you know, I missed him being close and that's, uh, it was always so far away that I didn't cry after that the next times we'd see him, but I did after dinner there. I just thought, uh, yeah, I just got really emotional and I didn't think I didn't see it coming. I mean, I really did. And we were having a good time, uh, played golf, had a nice dinner. And then, you know, give him a hug to say goodbye, and I just lost it. Yeah, the wave of uh, emotions when they come on. Um, mm-hmm. All Those are tough acts to follow. But I think I would say, like, probably for me, I can guarantee Waterworks, end of Saving Private Ryan, maybe in the <laughs> Green Mile. Uh, also, the one is Hardball when G-Baby gets shot. <laughs> that one. Five-year-old kid is the game-winning hit as the sub off the bench and gets mowed down in the line of fire. Also, just as a sub-vote, I would say, crying, watching a movie on a, a sad movie on a plane or whatever and just crying irrationally in front of strangers, not the worst. Can you specifically remember what movie uh, that's happened to you? <laughs> Coco. What, what is Coco? The Pixar yeah. movie about. Oh my gosh, that is. <laughs> Look it up if you want to have a cry. What about Ellie McGraw dying in Love Story? I don't know. Ryan O'Neill's arms. I, well, Rob, I'll let you go last before I say I was going to say one honorable mention. 
Do you guys want me to be funny? So I've got a, I, I, I came prepared. Do you guys want me to be funny or do you want me to be like kind of serious? Well, you can have one and then have one as an honorable mention, perhaps. Or um, you, you call it what you want. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going, I'll tell the funny story, but I, I'm going to go with, and Jim, you kind of touched on it, so I'm kind of stealing it. But yeah, anything that involves your child. So like, you know, when Willow was born, it's, you know, it's very emotional. And um, this is kind of a funny story. Um, but um, my daughter did um, swimming lessons uh, at this place called Bear Paddle Swim. And, you know, she was only like nine months old at the time. And as background here, guys, like I, I, I swam competitively. It wasn't that good, but I, but I, I love the sport. I still watch swimming when it's on. It's kind of weird. I, I get that, but it's, it's, it's a sport that I love and I enjoy, and I enjoy the activity of swimming in general. When I hopped in the water with her and she's like just blowing bubbles, I started crying. And Caitlin, <laughs> like, and, and like Caitlin, like, like I looked up at her and she's like, "Are you crying?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I, I don't know." It, chlorine. I got chlorine in my eyes. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't even shy away from the, from the reality that I was emotional. It was just like for, for me, for whatever reason, it just, it, it was a powerful moment. And Jim, you mentioned it. It's like sometimes when you least expect it, and that was a moment for me when, when she was nine months old and she, she can't even swim for God's sakes, but she's floating around and splashing, and for some reason that just tugged at my heartstrings. Mm. That's just the best. Well, what's your honorable mention? My honorable mention is oh, Rob's. Just, he had another one. Oh, my my honorable mention is is the, the, at the end of the Lion King. That movie gets me every time. And I, Simba's I return to glory. Yes, I like I. So this was two and a half years ago because I remember Caitlin was pregnant at the time, and I was having trouble sleeping. It was like a Sunday night, and I was watching the Lion King from like the middle of it to the end. And Caitlin woke up. Oh yeah, by the way. There is an expletive as part of the story. Forgive me, but it wouldn't be as good if I didn't say the expletive. Simba's, you know, he, he's roaring at the end after they kill Scar. And there's a tear, just a single tear running down my face. And Kayla wakes up and she, she like, she looks at me and she goes, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> I know I'm watching The Lion King. I'm sorry. This is embarrassing. And then she just rolled over like she, she, she scoffed at me and just went back to bed. But that movie, I, I don't know why that, but that movie gets me every single time. I agree with Caitlin. Yeah, fair no. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> That's how I am with hardball. But uh, my honorable mention is uh, when uh, watching an episode of The West Wing and it gives you hope of what a democracy could look like on both sides, and you just get emotional when you know out of pride of what America could be. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go, politics again. Uh, that's why it was honorable mention joke. Well, all right, this has been fantastic. We're going to, you know, we're going to have our people talk to Rob's people. We're going to try to have him be more regular if we can <laughs> at times. But it's it's in the works. Our our uh, our legal said not to not to put anything out in the air that could be binding, but we love having you, Rob. I love being a part of it. Dad, great to see you. Get ready for a big Browns game here in uh, a little over a half an hour. So hopefully we're yeah. celebrating uh well, celebrating see. the Browns win. I'm going to be editing this podcast after I'll be well served later. So <laughs> I might take some liberties. And tell Kelsey, quit making fun of me. What? Your daughter-in-law, does yeah. she, she She's is great. She just defends you and says how great you are. At least when I'm on, on live. But when, if she thinks you should have less sugar. I should have less sugar? Yeah. I don't have get, any sugar. I don't do any processed sugar. I drink Gatorade Zero. There's your qualifier, Dad. 
Too many I have berries. Fructose, fructose. Your yogurt, your juice, all that. Bananas. <laughs> I had some almonds Sorry, Rob, today with Cheerios and 2% milk. That's all right. More vegetables. All right. Well, let's make it a great week, everybody. This was fantastic. Uh, I'm in, still got my. I still have my picks alive. I still have. We the did Packers get to cover and the Bills college basketball that went on for eight minutes, but um, I think all in all, who'd you pick? Who'd you pick for the Super Bowl? What Super Bowl? I don't last know. Last week, last week we did some picks. I picked. I picked the Bills over the Packers in the Super Bowl. Still alive. I, you recall those things better than I do. I have no idea. But if the Browns beat the Bills, I'm, I'm good. Moving nightgowns. All right. Well, you know, th- this was just fantastic. We hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for listening to the coaches' meeting. And remember, the Who thing of it is, we had a good time. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who? was nice, the party was bumping. And everybody having a ball. Until the fellas started him calling. And the girls respond to the call. I have a poor one shot on. Who let the dogs out? 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 I see Gonna tell myself I'm man, no get angry. Hey, yeah. Two eighty cows calling them canine. Hey, but they tell me, hey man, it's part of the party. You put a woman in front and a man behind. I have a woman shout out. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Any caliber too, I think I knew that's why they call me Pitbull. 